Welcome back to the Sing When You're Losing podcast and our first release of 2021. Sing When You're Losing is a podcast about resilience and is produced by Future Proof Sports Consulting. Future Proof Sports Consulting is here to support athletes, teams, and clubs in a variety of ways to maximize performance and ensure that when it's time to hang up your boots, you're ready for whatever is next. Whoever you are, it's never too soon to start preparing for the future. You can find us online at www.future-proofsc.com. I'm your host, Buddy Owen, and on this podcast, we interview athletes, coaches, managers, referees, and others who are involved in sport. We listen to their stories of the good and the bad times, and we focus on what the difficult times taught them. We believe that we should celebrate the good times and keep singing in the bad as that is usually when we learn the most. So, whatever you're going through, the highs and the lows, always remember to sing when you're losing. In today's episode, we get to hear from David Amu. David is a professional footballer from South London who got his start at Liverpool and currently plays for English Football League Two side, Port Vale. I've got to know David a bit over the last few months and can honestly say he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. I hope you enjoy getting to know David through this interview and listening to the story of his journey. David has a great attitude and is eternally optimistic, but his ride has not been a smooth one. So now, wherever you are, I hope that you're able to relax and listen to this great conversation with David and that in some way his experience will help you to learn to sing when you lose. I really want to get to know a little bit more about your background, though. So we have spoken before. I know you're from South London. Um, I used to live not too far from where you're from. Um, But I I have to tell you, David, you have got to be one of the politest people I have ever met. Um, just when we've when we've spoken, even your text messages, uh, I, you know, for for anyone, not just a footballer, but for anyone, you are always so polite. You thanks and please and always. So tell me about your family background. Where does that come from? Um, so my family are originally from Nigeria. My parents are from Nigeria. They came to England um, in the 80s. Um, so they came in the 80s, had me and my brother, and um, we were brought up in Bermondsey, another place in South London. Um, brought up there in just a, a little flat, you know, just um, making, they were just making their way from themselves. And um, yeah, me and my brother, just, um, my brother plays non-league football. So he's, he's involved in football as well. And um, I... Luckily, you know, um, signed professional. So it's been a it's been a journey for the whole family, to be honest. Yeah, great. That you know, both of you have done okay with your football. Um, Bermondsey, that's some good food around there. Yeah. Some really good food in that area. Yeah, what's your favorite food? Um, I love Thai food. Thai food, yeah, Thai food. Okay. A few years ago, and like, I just fell in love with the food. The food's beautiful, and it's a beautiful place, but. I, especially love the food, so Thai food, absolutely. Nice. You can definitely get some really good food in South London now, but yeah. Yeah, I, I could talk about food all day. That's um, <laughs> probably my my second biggest passion other than sports would be 
food. <laughs> Um, but tell me about your family background, because like I say, you, you have got to be one of the politest people I've ever met. Your, your mom would be proud. Um, yeah. So where does that come from? Uh, my parents were, they were very like, they were very, um, it was important, you know, politeness, respect were just definitely something they ingrained in my brother. And um, it's definitely something we, we you know, tried to keep on, like, um, even though you know, football, it's very easy to, you know, lose yourself in certain situations, but it was definitely ingrained in us from an early age, just the importance of, you know, respect. So, you know, I've got, to, I've got to give all the credit to them for, for that. Well, they did well, and, and, and you're doing well with it as well. So, um, and you, you said, try not to lose yourself in football. I mean, I know a lot of footballers, and there are some very nice guys out there, uh, but there are... It, it is hard not to lose yourself, isn't it? How how have you managed to stay David and and not to change in the midst of what can be a very difficult environment? Um, yeah, as you said, the, the 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 environment is quite challenging because there's just loads of different personalities. You're exposed to loads of different things, different people. But I definitely think it's just about you know staying true to yourself in those situations. Um, you know, football can teach you a lot of things about other people but it also teaches you about yourself mostly and I find you know like when I haven't stayed true to myself there's that little bit in me that always just reminds me like I shouldn't have done that that isn't really me do you know what I mean so just pretty much staying true to that little voice inside me just to you know stay true to, to who I am and that, that's what I try and do as, as often as I can it's not easy but um, that's what I'm trying to do no, it's not easy. It's not easy, and, and well done for doing it. Um, let's get this other thing out of the way as well, because it re it's the, the only thing really that disappoints me about you. Um, and uh, and that's that I, I've, I've read that you're a Chelsea fan. I am. I am a Chelsea fan. I am a Chelsea fan. So um, when I was in school, my best mate supported Chelsea. And then, you know, I was watching them and then they, they, they were looking good. They were looking good, you know. And so I just kind of just was like, yeah, that's what Chelsea give you, man. So it was my best mate's fault, you know. He, he kind of brought me involved. And, um, yeah, since then I've, I've been a Chelsea fan for my sins, man. So, yeah. Yeah, that's um, – I will come back to this later. But, I mean, you, you got your start in football with um, – Liverpool was your first professional contract. Now – you know, I, uh, a friend of mine, Neil Meller, uh, was at Man City for his uh, youth career and then uh, didn't sign a professional contract in Man City, went to Liverpool, and immediately that became his favorite team. He, he, was, he was, at that point, lifelong Liverpool supporter. What happened to you? No, to be honest, even though I do support <laughs> I think living in Liverpool, you know, experiencing the football club, you know, like go to all the games and stuff, it definitely does make you 100% agree. It makes you a lifelong like Liverpool fan, you know, even when they're playing in the summer, you know. Um, I wanted them to win. I wanted them to, like, win the Champions League like, the year before last. You know what I mean? It's, it does make you, every time you're watching the games, you do you do want Liverpool to win 100% just for that experience of mine. So, yeah, even though I support Chelsea, I'm always, uh, I'm always rooting for Liverpool as well, for sure. Okay, that's a little bit better. I, I don't believe you entirely. I mean, I, I think you are still a Chelsea fan, and that and that's okay. I, I won't drop you for that. But um, so you were a sprinter when you were young. So 
did you with the sprinting was that did you do that before football were you doing football already did what what did you love most did you play other sports um in school literally they literally like i was very athletic so in school they would literally ask me to do like so many different like there was a array of sports I was literally asked to play like I had to turn down like sports they wanted me to play in the basketball team one um teacher wanted me to play in the like rugby team I had to say like no that's like that's like so dangerous there was there was just loads of sports that they wanted me to be involved in and sprinting was something that they like kind of pushed me towards and I actually really enjoyed it ended up um doing pretty well in in sprinting but it was more like of something more of a hobby than like football was something I, I always wanted to do um, but sprinting was it was a fantastic experience for sure I really really enjoyed it but football was definitely like my, my true love for sure that was always the thing that, that you were most into when did you realize actually you, you weren't just okay at it but you were pretty good at it how old were you um I feel I feel like it, it probably when I was at, at the tail end of being in school and um, I was playing for Millwall at the time, a team in South London. And um, it was a time where we do an exam called the GCSE. So I was literally preparing to do my GCSEs. And while I was preparing to do my GCSEs, um, there was a this person who scouted me um, for Millwall actually gave me a call and said, oh, there's this agent that wants to meet you. Um, so I actually met up um, with the agent and my parents and you know, we sat down and we talked. And um, when we talked, the agent was like, um, oh, Everton and Liverpool want to sign you. Um, so when that happened, that was a bit like, wow, I could actually, you know, there's a possibility I could actually play professional. That's, that's not something that I really thought was feasible or like I was going to just do, do you know what I mean? It was the plan was to just like kind of stick to education and just see what happened with football. But um yeah, when that happened, that was kind of like a turning point that, you know, this this could be real for sure. And, I mean, you talked about being at school, doing GCSEs. Did you enjoy school? Was that something that you, you enjoyed every day, not being totally focused on football, but having the school as well? I really, really did enjoy football. I mean, I enjoyed school. Um, I think a lot of people don't enjoy, you know, or a lot of footballers don't enjoy, like, the education part of um um, school and stuff you know at the time actually Mayor Wall done a thing where they wanted me to come out of school a couple of days just to train um, and I actually declined it you know what I mean I was I wasn't sure it was worth the risk just in, on, on the bigger picture that you know I could struggle my GCSEs anything could happen to me and I, I'm not like fully equipped you know so I, I, I loved the, I loved school so much I went back so um, I definitely did I definitely did enjoy it yeah for sure that's incredible and and not a common story for most professional footballers uh, most of the ones that i know anyway the first opportunity not to have to go to school <laughs> is the one they take yeah, no no it's totally understandable you know it's, it's tough but i i was i was in a good school um like my my best friends the, the friends my closest circle now um i'm 29 and i left school when i was 16 in my closest circle um are still from school you know what i mean so um the experience for me has been, uh, so rewarding meeting like those people and i'll know them for the rest of my life so um yeah I, i've really enjoyed it yeah right we'll come back to education a little bit later um 
But let's t- kind of talk about your career now. So you, you were a uh, youth team at Millwall yeah. and then got taken to Liverpool at 16, where you were on, in the academy there for a couple of years then, right? Yeah. So what was that like going, moving away from home, transplanting into Liverpool, which is a great city, by the way? It's an unbelievable city. But coming from London to Liverpool um, is a completely different experience. You know what I mean? London's, um, it's very hustle and bustle. It's like everybody's on their move, on the, you know, on their way to something. You know, everyone's busy, do you know what I mean? But Liverpool, like, I, I don't think I've, apart from maybe Glasgow, I don't think I've met like a more welcoming set of people, do you know what I mean? people that have a lot of time for you they'll just talk to you anywhere you are it's it was such a different environment so to where I was brought up um and I and I really really enjoyed it as a 16 year old it took some you know obviously I had left all my friends all my family so it took it it did take a transition period just to kind of like get accustomed to just like what I was taking on and stuff but it was it was an amazing experience for sure. It sounds like you have a pretty close-knit family. So what, what was it like suddenly being away from them? It was tough. It was tough for sure. It was definitely tough. Um, you know, my brother would have been like really young at the time and me and him were, were literally so close. You know, we would go out and play football literally every single day. So it was tough not to see him. Uh, my parents, you know, they, you know uh, we have a really close-knit family, as you say. So it, it was tough not to be with them but it was something I always loved and and I understood like the like the opportunity was just coming from Mirwall to Liverpool it's just it was, it was incredible so I was kind of slightly lost in that experience that like I was just enjoying the the moment of being there that sometimes I would just be like this is this is incredible not kind of wondering about what was going on in London. Yeah you're 16 it's it's quite young to to leave everything you know um go to a totally different environment, all new people. Uh, it's, it's a big thing, actually. Yeah, it's, it's so, um, it demands a lot of you. You definitely have to grow up so much, so quickly. Do you know what I mean? Like, so much quicker than anybody else. And I, I found I did that, you know what I mean? Just with the experience of moving away so early, I definitely matured extremely, extremely quickly. And I had to learn so many different things that I wouldn't have been exposed to before. So, but it was fantastic. It was fantastic. How often did you call home? Oh, I was speaking to my family. My mum wouldn't go a day without calling me, to be honest. So <laughs> it wasn't much to speak to them. I spoke to them every day or every other day. It was, yeah, it was in contact. So that was good as well. Nice. Yeah, I, I would have imagined that that would be the case for you. That's good. So uh, first professional contract at Liverpool at 19. Is that right? Um, I signed it when I was 17. I signed it, I signed it when I was 17. Okay. Um, so that's the age that you can like um, sign your first contract. So I signed it at 17, um, had two years on that contract and then signed another one when I was 19. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And your debut for Liverpool? Yeah, yeah. One experience that was, um, you know, um, playing the Europa, Europa League when I was, I was 19. You know, it was an incredible, incredible experience over in Macedonia. So, um yeah, that's one that I'll definitely cherish for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? It's not often that you play for such a massive club. And um, yeah, it was, it was, it was beautiful. It was amazing. And then you, so signed at Liverpool and then you've had quite an adventurous next 10 years. <laughs> um, so you've, you've been Liverpool, 
Preston, Tranmere, Carlisle, Partick Thistle, Cambridge, Port Vale, and three other clubs on loan spells. So you've been a you've been a busy man over the last ten years. It's been I've moved around so much. I've I've touched every area in like UK the UK. So it's it's been it's been yeah, it's it's been a crazy experience, hundred percent. It's been a crazy, crazy whirlwind experience for sure. You enjoyed the moving around. Is is that something that you've kind of grown accustomed to? But again, you know, I know you, again, tight knit family, moving around all over the place. It may not come naturally for you, or it may. How, how's it been? I think as I've grown older, I've I've kind of just kind of you know just stood on my own two feet. Do you know what I mean? Even though I've got a tiny family, it's just it's part of the like. Um, part of the the demands of the game you know what I mean um I've had to move to you know Carlisle I've had to move over in Scotland um Hull you know some places that are very far from from where I was brought up and where my family are um but I've just got to understand this is you know such a very short career and I've got to kind of make the most of it and um these are kind of like the sacrifices that I've got to make to like uh, for my career to enjoy it and um, to make the most of it. So it's, it's, they're welcome sacrifices. Moving from club to club, is it easy to spot the differences in the clubs, in the style of ownership, the style of management, the way they treat players? Are, are, there, are they fairly similar or are they quite different depending where you go? Um, no, every club's different. Every club, you know, um, the owners are different, the management's different, the players are different. Every club's got a different culture different DNA, the way they treat their players, the way they treat their staff, um, the way they treat their fans even, do you know what I mean? So um, every club is different. You notice that when you do go from club to club. Um, so yeah, every club is definitely different. So the, the culture conversation fascinates me. That's one of the things that I'm really big on. Um, so when you went to a club where there was a, a really good, strong culture because you can have strong, good cultures and strong, bad cultures. What were the, what were the common themes among the clubs with the good culture? So yeah, it might be a bit different what one club does compared to another club, but that, can you think of any things that were similar between some of the clubs that you thought, okay, this is, I like it here because of this. I can see what they're doing and why they're doing it. I think, um, you know, Certain clubs that, you know, I think a lot of clubs, especially in League One, League Two level, you know, would describe themselves as like family clubs and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, certain clubs actually like kind of live that family club motto, do you know what I mean? And they actually treat their fans like they're part of their family. They treat their players, their attention to detail and what they provide, their players, their fans, uh, their staff, you know, it is, it is different, do you know what I mean? It, it's, it's something that's probably overlooked when you go from club to club, like how, you know, the staff are treated, how you're spoken to, how you're, you know, the hotels that you're provided on away games, the food that you're provided, these little things that probably are overlooked and not seen as important. But, you know, certain clubs think, you know, we want to provide the best situation for our players, our fans, our staff, and others are just trying to cut corners, trying to cut costs and, just trying to, you know, just stay in the league almost. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just different from club to club, but, you know, the clubs that have good cultures do want to make the most of every everything they have with their players and stuff. And you can really sense that as soon as you go in? For sure, for sure. You can definitely sense that, you know, even from like the way the manager communicates, 
um, with the players and top down. Yeah, you know I mean, it's it's something that you do notice when you're when you're in a new club for sure. So it's just talking about that, the manager thing. Who is the best manager that you've ever played for, in terms of man management? Man management. Luckily, I played. I played on some, you know, really, really good managers. Um, you know, I played under Greg Abbott in uh, Carlisle. He was, you know, he was really good with the players. He was a good man manager. Um, I played with. I played under in Scotland. I played a manager called Alan Archibald, who was also, you know, he was. He was, you know, the the way he got the guys going. We were one of the smallest clubs in the Scottish Premiership at the time and the way he kind of brought us together and um, got us going was was literally fantastic. So I'll say Alan Archibald and, and Greg There's a difference, isn't there, between a good man-manager and a good sort of tactician-type manager who is more concerned about what you do than who you are. Um, have you experienced that type of manager as well? Um, for sure, you know what I mean? The thing about management is um, there's so much pressures, you know what I mean? Like, um, I wouldn't want to be a manager, you know, the demands put on managers, are, they're so, so tough, you know what I mean? It's, you know, there's, they're getting it from all different directions, you know what I mean? They're trying to win for the fans, trying to win for the owners, you know, if certain players ain't playing, they're, they're on their case. Um, it's It's such a demanding role that, you know, it's very easy to overlook this when some managers aren't um, man managers because they're just trying to, sometimes I feel like they're just trying to stay afloat. They're just, they're just, there's just so much pressure mm. in their job. Um, so it, it is difficult, but as you said, um, there are managers that like, focus on tactics and they're fantastic at, you know, telling you where to be, how, what the game plan is, but when it comes to like, kind of like getting the guys going, they kind of find it difficult. So, um, Yes, I think it's just playing different managers playing to their strengths um, when they when they um, when they do that, you know, um, that's where the magic happens. You told me who your kind of two favorite man managers are. Who's the best player you've ever played with? Wow, best player. Um, when I was at Liverpool coming through, I played with two players that pretty much spring to mind is Raheem Sterling. Um, obviously, everyone knows Raheem Sterling. <laughs> And um, mm -hmm. the lad that plays for Valencia now, called Sousa, um, he was at Liverpool in the reserves with me. And he was, he's, if, you, if you see, I think he played for Seville last season um, in Europa League. He's a fantastic player. Those two are two of the players that when he was in the reserves or coming through, you, when you watched them, you knew they were they were different level and really, really special players. Yeah, I remember Suso coming through actually. Um, and as you say, everyone knows who Sterling is. Yeah. Uh, so uh, those, are, those are two good, pretty good players. Um, so this is a question that uh, some people answer really honestly and others try not to answer it. But I'm going to ask you, who is the best training ground player you've ever played with who could just never, for whatever reason, do it on match day? Training ground player. Training ground player. So superstar in training. That's a tough but one. But couldn't couldn't get couldn't do it on match days. That's a tough one. But you know, it's it's, it's tough because I imagine over the years there's quite a lot. There's quite a lot, you know, that sometimes, you know, the the pressure of the fans, you know what I mean? I think everyone's seeing now how different it is without fans. 
Um, but you know, with fans, it, it adds a different kick to the game. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes, you know, players find it difficult under those pressures. So, you know, I won't be surprised. There's probably there's probably a few of them for sure. A few of them. Uh, well done. <laughs> Didn't name names. That's that's a shame. That's a shame. The podcast is called Sing When You're Losing, which is all about resilience and learning to make the most of bad situations, how, you know, coping with the bad situations, uh, performing your best even when times are hard. You, uh, across your career, have struggled with injuries um, from quite early on, uh, not uncommon with sprinters, actually. Um, some of the injuries that, that you've had. But what, when you were younger and started, you know, and we get your injuries, what, what was that like? You know, you, you maybe you team at Millwall or, or just moving over to Liverpool and, and you'd get an injury. What did that feel like for you? And what were your, your worries or thoughts that, uh, at that time? I think the thing about injuries is very, it's very lonely. You know, that's that's the whole, that's the that kind of downside. It's very lonely. It's you it's just taken away from what you want to be doing. It's um, it's probably the most disappointing and hardest part of playing football. The injuries. It's difficult. As I've grown older, I think I've been able just to try and kind of get a grasp of it a little bit more. Um, but it never gets easier. It definitely never, ever gets easier. But um, it is it is definitely, I will say, it's the hardest part of being a footballer, those, those injuries. Are, yeah, they're tough. Yeah. So now in your career, so uh, you've said already you're 29. Uh, you're at Port Vale now. And um, you're struggling a bit with injuries at the moment. You've uh, been struggling with the hamstrings uh, for a couple of months now, really, I guess, haven't you? Kind of one going and then the other going. And so as you, now in your career, what's that like? When you go out with a hamstring injury, what what's it like? Are, are you are you worried about someone else coming and taking your place? Are you, what, what are your fears now? Right now, I just want to play football. Do you know what I mean? That's just what, I just want to enjoy playing football. Now, I think the disappointing thing about my injuries is, I hadn't had that kind of like repetitive injury for about two years now. I mean, last year I played about 35 games and the season didn't even finish. Um, So I played a lot of games last season, but the long break is is really, especially as a sprinter, um, someone who's very explosive, I need to be explosive often, if that makes sense. Um, The longer five month playoff isn't conducive to me producing those explosive movements as often as I can um so it's been very very difficult for me but I just want to play football um right now it's just about me being kind of patient I kind of need to be patient um get it right and then go from there but um it's it's not something that you know you know the first couple days after an injury that is very very down and lonely time but after that, you know, I'm I'm thinking I need to get myself back. I want to be ready for you know I will play another game in a couple of weeks, hopefully, and I want to be ready for that game. So it's just shifting that perspective and getting ready for that next opportunity, and that's what kind of keeps me going really when I'm having those like difficult times. Yeah. So what does 
keep you going? What, you know, when, when you're struggling like this and um, you've had it this year, the repetitive sort of thing, what, what keeps you going? What, what is it that motivates you? I just love playing football. Um, I think the thing about football is it, it has so many lows and like, the highs are just few and far between. So you just, you've got to ride the waves of those lows. You just, that's what I find that, you know, I've got to ride those, those lows. There's, they're going to be often. And, and I think that's something I've learned from being more experienced um, playing for about more than 10 years now to like, it's going to be so many lows. There's going to be so many difficult times, so many obstacles and just navigating my way through them. And then you get to enjoy, you know, the, the, they are few and far between, but those good moments, those good wins, those scoring a goal, getting an assist, those amazing moments, they're, they're worth going through for, for, for those moments. Yeah. You've got a great attitude about it, I have to say. Have you seen, well, a couple of questions. First, have you ever lost your place? So gone out with an injury, someone's come in behind you and actually played really well and you've struggled to get back in the side. Have you ever experienced that? All the time, all the time. It's happened, it's happened a lot. But I think one thing about when I'm fit and I'm fighting for my place I am available to fight for my place. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I'm in the physio room, there's no chance. Even if the manager wants to play me, he can't play me. But as long as I'm physically able to fight for my place, that's a good position to be in, I find. You know what I mean? Instead of being in the physio room, um, kind of struggling with, with injuries. So I'd rather be fighting for my place than anywhere else. That's good. Have you seen teammates across your clubs where injury they they struggled to come back from injuries mentally rather than than physically i think the thing about injuries is especially the nature probably of my injuries and the player i am is it, it's very mental to the competitive the like continuous sprinting is very mental and sometimes you can actually be in your own brain in those like kind of sprinting situations is my hamstring going to hold up? Is it going to jerk me? Is it going to go? Because it's very, you can't really tell, like, unless you're very fatigued and, like, usually you can't really tell when your hamstring's going to go. It is something that just, you feel great. You're sprinting. You're just doing a normal movement. Sometimes you're not even sprinting. You know, the last couple of times I've kind of done my hamstring, I haven't been sprinting. I've just been doing functional football movements and it's gone. So it's kind of that getting over that, that kind of like, oh, is it going to go? Is it not going to go? That's probably the hardest part. Um, so it's definitely a mental thing than it is physical. Um, so getting over that hurdle mentally, and then I think that's probably the hardest thing to, to go through. Um, you said earlier that you'll never forget the uh, Europa League debut with Liverpool away. Would you say that's the highlight of your career or, or is there a different highlight? Um, I'll say that's a highlight. I'll say that's uh, probably top three highlights of my career. And I'll say that is a highlight. Scoring my first goal um, was a highlight. Um, we played Man City in the FA Cup this year in January. Um, and luckily I got an assist as well. But that would be, that's up there um, for one of that, just playing against some of the players we played against. That day was honestly it was incredible. So those are the highlights. What would you say is the biggest disappointment of your career? 
Oh, where should I start, buddy? Um, there's been, <laughs> <laughs> I think, as I said before, like there's so many lows in football, so many lows, um, injuries, um, like just results that, like, even not too long ago, um, we played, um, we played Tranmere, funny enough. Um, <laughs> one hell of a game. <laughs> it's one hell of a game. But I don't think I felt so dejected after a game. Honestly, it was like we ended. We we were up two 0 and long story short, we lost four three by the literally the last kick of the game. It was, it was like I don't know. It, it, it that stung for like weeks. I can't lie to you. <laughs> so yeah, <there's laughs> so many of those little like little lows like that. There's so many little lows like that that just. It's football's a very cruel game in that respect, you know. What I mean, there's so there's so many like disappointing moments. But as I said, the the, the highs do make up for it, and they make it all all worthwhile. Yeah, that Tramier game uh, was an interesting one. Um, <laughs> was texting. I was really. Uh, I, I was trying to be. For those of you listening who don't know, I have a, a bit of a chaplaincy role at Tramier, and. Um, I text David after the match, and um, not rubbing it in at all. Just uh, I was probably more surprised that Tramia won than David was at the time. And um, even then, I have to say, even then, that difficult time, David was polite <laughs> and, uh, and being totally dejected. He was still polite uh, and friendly in, in the text afterwards and, and gracious as well. Um, because uh, yeah, Tramia had a, a sorry, uh, Port Vale had a man sent off uh, yeah. during that match, I think, and that, that was probably the biggest turning point yeah. uh, but I still didn't expect Tramir to win it <laughs> yeah yeah one thing I said they played they even before we were 2-0 up they played very well um you know what I mean just on the balance of the game um they played very very well and I think you know from what they've done since that was that result and results before that you know they're they're, they're pushing their playoffs now so um yeah it's um they definitely had a, a push in form and they're doing fantastic. So uh, your disappointments, I love, uh, you're obviously very competitive, you love football, but you're very competitive, I think. Um, and just that, you know, that, you know, that match or, or others where maybe you've not performed as well as you thought you would uh, or should have scored goals that you didn't score or assists that you didn't get, or that kind of stuff really gets you, doesn't it? You're, you're competitive and, and you want to play well you have a high standard for yourself don't you 100 um i feel like i'm 29 now so you know i haven't got like i wouldn't say i haven't got a lot of time i've got a good few years i mean for sure but i i think it's at the time where i understand this isn't going to be forever um so it's definitely like a realization that i really just want to enjoy it as much as i can make the most of the experience and really maximize playing football as much as i can because it, it really really doesn't last forever for sure no, it doesn't. And actually, the first time we chatted, um, you kind of contacted me about uh, looking at what's next, um, beginning to think about, you know, what's going to happen when it, it is time to hang up the boots. That was that was our first conversation. And even then, you know, I was very impressed with you that, that you were doing what a lot of footballers don't, unfortunately. And, and that was thinking about the future. Um, because you know you, you can't play forever. It is a you, know, you you just you don't know what's around the corner. Um, 
but you are thinking ahead and I, I'm really pleased about that. But what, so what, uh, how, what have you done up to this point um, to prepare and, and what, what are you thinking now about the future? Um, so to this point, I'm actually in university, so I'm studying part-time. I, I'm studying uh, business management in university. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that. That's great. It really does, like, apart from enjoying football, it does give me, like, something else to really focus on and put all my energy into as well. Um, as far as what I'm planning to do after football, that's a difficult question because I'm kind of still trying to figure it out. I think the good thing about what I'm studying is it, it, it really does open doors of, like, different avenues that I could um, go down. But um, I haven't kind of nailed one thing that I kind of want to... Um, one industry I want to go into, I'll think about maybe project management, then I'll think about marketing. But um, I think I just want to keep an open mind and um, carry on studying, just kind of get different experiences. And uh, while I get different experiences, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of find out what I really want to do, what my passion is, and kind of put all my uh, energy into that. So, yeah, it's definitely a journey trying to figure it out because with football, you've been doing the same thing since you were you got to be 10, 11, wanting to be professional. And then when you're in your late 20s, it's just like, do something else. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's definitely a crazy concept, but um, just, um, I'm just going to continue studying, learning about life and to kind of fall into my passion from there. Yeah, I was so impressed when you said you were doing this degree with Open University, is that right? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, in business management. So how many hours a week are you devoting to, to studying at the minute? Um, do you know what? It's, it's not even a situation where I have like a set hours a week. It's literally part of my daily routine, really. I come home from training. I chill out for a bit. I do a couple hours after, um, after training. It it's kind of depends on the day. You know, some days... Um, I'll be pretty tired from training and I might just do one or two hours. Some days I'm, I'm off or I've had like a chill day in training. It's not really been that demanding. And um, I'll just come home and might be just do six hours. Do you know what I mean? It just really depends on the day. Um, you know, I tried to stay off it from about Friday, obviously when we got a game on Saturday. Um, but, you know, it's it depends on the day. But I, I, I do make it like part of my like daily routine just to chip away at it and get some work done every day so it works better that way that's incredible um that's really focused but what strikes me about it is it's it's not impossible you know um why do you think more players don't do something like this um i understand why you wouldn't because before i actually started i was going to start i think it was a year before and the degree as it's part-time is six years you know if someone tells you oh you're gonna have you're gonna do this degree and it's gonna take you six years like even from then you're like that's a long time um mm. I'm, I'm not sure about that do you know what i mean but one thing that just kind of made me jump into it is that you know it, when i started i think i was 26 i just thought whatever happens in six years i will be 32 i can end that I can have this six-year period having a degree at when I'm 32 or I won't have a degree. You know what I mean? Like the time's going to go past anyway. Um, and it, it's, it's very demanding. 
but it, it's also very rewarding and I, I literally learned so much and it, it's such a great experience that you know I definitely recommend to any player if they're really thinking about doing it should um, just give it a go and see how it goes for them again I commend you as a footballer but not even just as a footballer um, I think so often these days trying to think six years in advance for people is really hard um you know young people think, you know everything is so instant that the thought of planning for anything six years in advance uh is is just beyond what people want to do yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. it is a tough com- concept especially when you're playing football because Football is very demanding, you know, um, you know, there's so much that we need to do when we're not playing football, when we're not in training, um, that you're thinking, have I got enough time? Um, but you just create the time. You know what I mean? After you do your training, you go to the gym. There's still quite a lot of um, time free. You know what I mean? I'm in a not fortunate position, but I haven't got any kids right now. So um, it's not like a dem- there's not much of a demand on me per se you know i mean other players might have children um so it's not something that you know is that i haven't got that demand my missus is extremely intelligent as well so you know she's always there if i need a helping hand um and you know if you haven't got that kind of support system it could be very difficult for you but luckily i do have that um so i'm very fortunate in that that regard so you know, I understand why a lot of players don't go for it. It is it is very demanding. It is tough. And they might not feel like they have the support system to cope with it. So um, I, I'm very fortunate also. Uh, even though it's hard, would you recommend it? Oh, 100%. 100%. Definitely. Just uh, open up. It really does open up the opportunities when you, you do stop playing. It, um, you learn literally so much that, you know, you previously would have overlooked it's um it's such a great tool and um i won't i couldn't recommend it more have any of your clubs across your career helped or encouraged you in any way with thinking about what to do after football my current club and i'm not just saying that because it's my current club my current club has been fantastic um they've been so great with me um, so I, I spoke to, I was at, I literally having a casual conversation with the owner actually. And we were just talking about, you know, what I've been doing outside of football. And I just mentioned about me, you know, wanting to do, you know, a project management course, you know, when I'm eventually, you know, when I get a break from uni, I'm going to kind of do a project management course. And she actually, she actually put me in contact with some staff in her company and, um, they actually put me through a project management course that I was thinking about doing. Um, gave me a laptop, the, the book to do it, signed me up for it, and uh, I'm gonna take the exam next year. So they they couldn't do more for me. You know, they like, when I talk about you know the cultures that I was talking about about a club wanting to help you, um, wanting the best for you and stuff like that. What I was talking about previously, I think my current club is that example about looking after its players um, and not just me it's not just something personal to me it's what they do for all the players and how they care for all the players um, that's what makes it a good club and a good place to work so yeah I, I, I couldn't couldn't be more grateful for my club for doing that that's amazing that is 
really refreshing to hear. Um, I guess also on that, what strikes me and something that, uh, again, that I'm passionate about is trying to help players um, maximize the networks that they have. So, you know, it was in a, a face-to-face conversation with the owner of your club uh, that you were able to express, this is what I'm doing outside of football, and then they were able to help you. I think a lot of players maybe don't use their networks enough. Would you agree with that? Would, do you think that there are more opportunities maybe that players are missing? For sure. There's definitely... Um... There's definitely a, a huge array of um, opportunities available. You know, I recently, I think it was like four or five months ago, just um, signed up for LinkedIn. And through there, I met you. And you've also been a huge, you know, support system for me as well. I, I told you about Link, the, the project management course, and you put me in contact with someone else. You know what I mean? That's from online networks. You know what I mean? So there's definitely avenues as a player to meet people and kind of like, people are willing to help you. People are willing to have conversations with you, you know what I mean? And it's it's definitely something that probably players sometimes just, it's a concern for everybody, but we kind of keep it to ourselves, like, like, what am I going to do? And it's not something that you openly communicate with people, like, oh, I'm thinking about doing this, like, what are your thoughts on this? Um, Maybe players need to be a bit more vocal and um, communicate with people around them, because, you know, people are willing to help people are willing to you know bounce ideas give you some advice and um i think it's such a the transition isn't like other careers you know you've been literally doing something giving your heart and soul to something for 15 years the transition to go and do something completely different unless you're going from football to coaching which in my position i'm not trying to do any transition like that is it's a completely different world so i definitely think you need to maximize your network, communicate with people, be a bit more open about your ideas and people are generally willing to help and support you. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of players miss out on opportunities. Um, I think what really strikes me is, you know, as a footballer, you've been playing football since you were probably two or three years old. Um, And then, you know, got serious about it as a teenager. You've been playing it every day for at least 15 years, probably more than that, actually. But then that prepared you for a career that, okay, if you're really fortunate, will take you until you're 35. You know, that's that's a long career for a footballer. Um, But that still leaves you half of your working life left. Uh, And too many footballers have spent no time thinking about what they're going to do for the other half of their working lives. So what, what advice would, you know, if you had the ability for footballers across the country, what advice would you, would you give them for preparing for the future? Um, (laughs) well, there's a lot of pressure, you know what I mean? So, um, I think, I think it's just about, communicating with people around you I feel like um you know definitely talk to people around you what they think you know like obviously if you if you've got a missus speak to her like what could you see me doing what do you think because it's very it's very difficult when you're in your own bubble and playing football you only see yourself as a footballer 
you don't really see identity as anything else. Do you know what I mean? You just think you, you everyone around you, you're always going to be, oh, he's the footballer, he's the footballer. But if you communicate to them, say, oh, like, would you see, would you think I'll be good at? What would you see me doing? What other careers do you see me doing? I think that's a, a great conversation that I have with a lot of people around me. And um, it kind of definitely does give my ideas. Sometimes I'm like, no, I, I won't be doing that. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> but a lot of the time it's like, yeah, I can, I can see how that will work. I can understand why you see like how my personality will translate in this career and stuff like that. Definitely communicate. And definitely start, you know what I mean? I think no matter how old you are, even if you're in the tail end, start doing something. There's so many different opportunities. You know, I think the PFA are willing to help. Um, and if you speak to your football club, um, you know, um, they're, they're, they'll be willing to help as well. So definitely be brave and try and be a, a very, go go for it. That's, that's what I'll say, just go for it. And um, yeah, the good things happen when you do that. Yeah. I think that, that the one, I mean, there's lots of good stuff in what you just said, but one key bit is start. Yeah. Just, yeah. just start, start doing something, right? Yeah. Um, because it, it, yeah, doing something is definitely better than doing nothing. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I find that even if you just start and you don't like it, you can just rule it off anyway. You can just say, this isn't for me. And then you can put that to bed. Um, and try and find the next passion and, and go from there. But I feel like if you don't really start with anything, you're continuously thinking, is this for me? Is that for me? And um, mm. it, it then becomes very difficult. But um, yeah, start is a, is a great one, yeah. Yeah. So um, just kind of coming to a close now, what is your biggest challenge then going forward, uh, whether that's in your football career or post-career? What, what, what are your challenges? Um, my challenges definitely are my transition. That's something that, that's definitely on my mind. Um, my transition, staying injury-free. Um, you know, we're in the last month of the year now. So my my challenge, my my main aim for 2021 is just be fit and healthy. I mean, when when that when I'm healthy and I can play football, you know, um, I can actually help the team. I can be positive I can you know it's it's, a, it's just a better feeling for myself when I'm when I'm out there playing so that's that's my main challenge for me excellent and then uh I guess maybe the final question who's going to win the Premier League this year wow what a crazy <laughs> oh t- Tottenham look good Tottenham look good please please don't say Chelsea <laughs> <laughs> it's, the three teams I think will win it. Tottenham look good. They've got Jose. You know, he's 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 won he's won trophies everywhere, so he's got their know how. Liverpool, they they're pushing through. You know, I hope they add in in January because the injuries they've had a lot of injuries and it's, it's been it's been tough for them, but they still look good. And Chelsea, you know, Frank Lampard's doing doing magic over at the bridge. So you know, I've, I've got to go with Chelsea, man. Chelsea going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, now I know that's just a pipe dream. So that's, um, you're just like any other football fan. Um, yes, uh, I think uh, Chelsea are uh, overachieving at the minute. I think they'll come back to earth. I, they might still finish, might still finish top five, but uh, I don't think they, they're going to win the league. I'll see you again in May then. Um, we'll discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Tottenham, <clears throat> whoever the manager is, Tottenham always managed to blow it at some point during the season, <laughs> don't they? Um, they go through a spell. So um, basically, that just leaves us with Liverpool. Liverpool, uh, <laughs> Liverpool to, to win the league again. Um, playing uh, probably 11 under 20s <laughs> because everyone else is going to be injured. Yeah, crazy. Uh, crazy. Oh, it's it is crazy, David. Uh, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Uh, I, I could talk to you all day. Um, you are truly one of the the gentlemen of the game, uh, and uh, it, it is it, it's a pleasure. And you're just so nice to talk to, and, and you, you've you've spoken really well today. So thank you very much for for being on the show. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, my pleasure, mate. And uh, I'm sure we'll stay in touch and uh, we will definitely keep an eye on uh, the top of the Premier League as well <laughs> as the top of League Two this year as Tramir come storming up the table. They are. They're, they're unstoppable now, aren't they? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, mate. Well, you have a great day. Thank you very much, buddy. Really appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, we'll chat again soon. Yeah. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with David and are inspired by his hard work and determination to succeed, not just in football, but in life. If you're involved in sport at any level, please check out Future Proof Sports Consulting. You can find us at future-proofsc.com to see if there's any way that we can support you, your team, or your club to perform at its best and prepare for the future. Remember, it's never too soon to future-proof. If you haven't yet subscribed, please do and leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed what you heard. Our next episode will be out soon. In the meantime, celebrate the good times, but never forget to sing when you're losing. <laughs>